What does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our time on just making it through the week. Helping our children with online school, balancing our job and our family life, finding time for our spouse or our significant other. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday. Did you know that in a week there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending only 80 of those focusing on our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 10,000 Podcast, where we want to bring God into your 10,000 minutes each and every week. My name is Sawyer Trapp. I'm the associate pastor here at Arise Church Denver. Woohoo! Yeah, and I'm joined by our lead pastor at Arise Church Denver. I just like saying it, Matt Wolf. Yeah, I'm going to say Arise Church about 10,000 times. I'm going to say it so everybody's... Yeah. Get it in your head. Arise Church. Well, I like it because it's like the double meaning. I'm going to say it every single Sunday if you're listening to this until everybody's sick of me saying it. Arise Church. Because it's like our name, but plus get up on your feet, um, which I may say. So, um, yeah, we're really excited about the name. We unveiled it on Sunday at our business meeting. We're Mm -hmm. slowly introducing it into the digital space. If you're listening to it and you come this Sunday, we're going to give you a free sticker. That's right. Um, You're going to start seeing it everywhere on the signage when those signs finally get installed. Uh, at some point this fall. But yeah, we're so excited about that because it does unveil a, a new chapter in our church's history. Yeah. And our church is, this is its fifth name. Fifth name. That I know of. <laughs> <laughs> there might have been some, what, in between or no? <laughs> yeah, it was originally Emanuel Baptist when it was planted in the 1890s. Oh, yeah. Uh, then Cherry Creek Community Church. Mm-hmm. Stapleton Fellowship Church, and Stapleton Church, and now finally Arise Church Denver, and we're so excited about that name. Yeah, I'm really excited about it too, so it's really exciting. And yeah, we won't talk about it anymore because next Sunday the entire message is going to be on, not the name, but on the passage where it's derived from, which is Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 3. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into it, so make sure you stay tuned for that. We'll even talk about it probably a little bit on the podcast next week. Yeah. Uh, but today we're going to follow up from last mm-hmm. Sunday's message about bold outreach that we are boldly sent to seek and love the lost yeah that's right boldly sent not like star trek you know <laughs> boldly going where no one has gone before is that the line yeah okay it's been a while since i've seen i mean this you didn't say it right trek. to boldly go where no man has gone before okay that's much better okay <laughs> so yeah but we are boldly sent by god and that means that um we've got to be bold yeah. And I talked about in the message that we all need to turn up the dial a little bit on our boldness. Yeah. As a church, we really want to turn that dial. But I think every single one of us needs to say, where am I in my level of boldness mm-hmm. regarding my faith, and how can I turn it up a little bit more? Because you may be in work or in your family or in where you work out, and no one knows that you're a Christian. Right. Yeah. If you're listening to this, guess what? I love you. God loves you. Okay. <laughs> doesn't say anything like bad about you. But wherever you are, we want you to dial up that level a little bit. So if you are that person, could you tell one person? You know, let one person know. <laughs> Maybe you're going to get your new uh, Arise Church bumper sticker, and you're going to put it on your car so somebody's going to know. You're going to put it on your laptop. Maybe you're going to put it in a little bit more inconspicuous place because you're just going up from a one to a two on the, <laughs> the boldness dial. Um, but wherever you are, we just want you to take that next step in boldness. Right. But one of the difficulties when it comes to boldness is what to be bold with. 
Mm, yeah. Because when I just say the word bold and you think of a bold Christian or a bold follower of Jesus, you may have a negative image in your mind. Yeah. Can you think of anything like that? Well, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I think when I, when I think of a bold Christian or something, especially in today's climate, it's the people that are the most outspoken. Yeah. Which, especially right now in the world that we're in, the climate that we're in, with the election coming up, I think what's classified as the boldest or the loudest Christians are maybe people that are speaking out about political matters. Yes. I think recently with the pandemic, some of the, quote, boldest Christians have been bold on either side of the mask debate, talking about whether should be, we should be wearing masks, not wearing mm. masks, or yep. going to church in person, or not going to church in person, and... Although that those are important things to consider and to think about, is that the thing that you should really be bold about? That's the question. Right. Be bold about what? And we want to encourage you today on this podcast to be bold about the right things. Mm -hmm. Be bold about the right things. Because when we have that image of the bold Christian in our mind, some of you maybe even heard my message on Sunday and thinking, I don't want to be the bold Christian. Because mm -hmm. the bold Christian I think of is the guy on Fox News talking about whatever the political uh, agenda of the day is right, right. Or, or maybe you think of that uh, parent that is all about homeschooling and that's <laughs> the drum they just beat and beat and beat and beat or, or you know or some other minor issue but but so often what we're what we were talking about before we started recording this was about the politics of it yeah because especially right now it's politics 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 and I'm sure you're sick of it but what we're going to talk about is how to be bold about the right things in that climate where people are sick of the politics Mm -hmm. Because whether it's your position on masks or your uh, opinion about who gets put on the Supreme Court or yeah. if, you know, <laughs> if there should, even be if somebody, there should be someone yeah, right now or yeah, what's the timeline yeah. about that um, could be about funding for higher education. It could be about states rights versus federal rights. You could go down the list of political and social issues and people have strong opinions about them. And what often happens, and I don't think this is just in the mind of the hearers. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in the mind of the speakers, too, <laughs> where we um, conflate or combine our political opinions with our faith. Yeah. That we begin to think, well, isn't every Christian a fill-in-the-blank Republican or, or Democrat, you know, depending on where you are? Isn't every Christian uh, a hunter that owns 15 handguns mm -hmm. and thinks the Second Amendment is right up there, you know. It's with, the 11th commandment. It's the 11th <laughs> commandment. Thou shalt have a gun. Yeah. At least one. Um, you know, is, or, or, you know, on the other side of the political aisle, sometimes people are like, how could you be a Christian and not believe in socialized medicine? Mm -hmm. I've talked with the, with people that hold that position too. And we often, because of what we say, so, you know, somebody on social media or someone even in real life when we have conversations knows two things about us. They do know you're a Christian, and they do know that you're a gun rights advocate or whatever. Right, or that you have a strong value on the sanctity of life or whatever. Yeah, or very pro more and more immigrants into the country. Mm -hmm. Or the opposite, no immigrants into the country. And we take these political issues, and they get conflated either in our minds or in the way we communicate in the minds of others Right. with our faith. So before we jump into that, I just want to caveat, because I don't, mm -hmm. I don't want people to hear us wrong. I don't, I don't want people to hear that faith and our political opinions or political matters have to be completely separate. Correct. So that, that's not what we're saying. We're saying definitely there should be crossover, there should be connection to the things we hold most dear, our faith, um, our beliefs in God, and how we approach politics. Yeah. But make sure I'm hearing you, you right. Yep. You're saying anytime we conflate the two up into the point where they become completely intertwined and mm -hmm. saying 
if you're a follower of Jesus, then you have to believe this. Or if you're a follower of Jesus, then you can't believe that. And anybody who <laughs> holds that position or that position probably isn't a Christian. When we get up to that point and that level, that level of boldness, because I think it is a level of boldness, but anytime we get to that level, I think we're on a really, really slippery slope. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. Your faith should inform your politics. Absolutely. It should inform the way you interact with the world. Um, and, and that is super important. There are political positions that I hold and people that I vote for that are strongly influenced by my faith. I think as they should be. As yeah. they should be. And I, we encourage everyone to do that mm-hmm. and to prayerfully consider those things. Look to the scriptures. What do the scriptures say about these things? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Just this last week, I um, was reading God in the Dock. So mm-hmm. it's it's a book by C.S. Lewis. It's really a collection of a bunch of short essays that yeah. he wrote. It's a very long book, but a bunch of <laughs> short essays, which I recommend because it's great because you can read one in just a few minutes or in one sitting. And he had one of uh, the uh, um, essays, and I'm, I'm trying to pull it up so I get the, the title of it. But the basic idea of it was in relation to politics. Mm. Um, and, and he was saying like, hey, should there be – the question was should there be a Christian political party? Mm. Okay, and there's much more in there that he addressed. I guess in his day, that's what people were pushing for. Yeah. Um, I don't even know the two political parties in England. That shows how – Well, that there aren't just two political parties in England. Oh, okay. So the good thing I didn't say anything about it. So you probably know more than I do. But he's <laughs> they saying, have hey, like – well, they have like the, eight major parties. The Whigs and, and the Tories, is that a thing or was that in the U.S.? Okay, shows my ignorance. Let's <laughs> Whigs were in the U.S. Okay. <laughs> is Tories let's, a thing? <laughs> let's move on. Okay, let's move on before I show my complete. Ignorance, but he was saying like people back in the day were like, oh, maybe we should start the Christian political party. Mm-hmm. And I know some people today who feel the same thing. You know, we should have the Christian political party. We need to have a Christian person of character that holds these views. But he said, okay, that's a great idea at first. But then we asked the question, well, what's the position? You know, <laughs> yeah. what's the position on this issue or that issue? Some issues may be very clear, mm-hmm. and other ones. Christians debate about these things. Mm-hmm. Like I just said, you know, there's the Christian who believes in socialized medicine, medicine, and the other one who's a Christian capitalist. Like which one? Right. Which one's right? And that's the problem with it is like you can divide between those two things, and it's really hard for one Christian to know it. And what he says is the difference is the Christians will all agree on the ends. But the difference in politics are the means. Mm. Political parties are all about the means. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some different ends. Mm-hmm. There definitely are different ends. But you could say Christians do want there to be no more poverty. Right. I think we could all agree on that. Like, we don't want there to be poor people. And I also say that – I would also say that's a very uh, supportable position to the Bible. Yeah, like we want to help people in poverty. Yeah. Where we disagree is on the means. Mm-hmm. Is it the government's responsibility? Is it the church's responsibility? Is it individuals' responsibility? Right. Is it businesses' responsibility? Whose responsibility is it? It's some combination. How did the combination happen? So it's the means that we debate about, not the ends. Yeah. And because of that, we need to step back and figure out, okay, what are the things that I need to be bold about? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's a great point. Um, just what what do we need to be bold about? While you were talking, I was thinking um, – and actually, we just talked about this at Turbulence. probably why it was on my head, but – um, in First Peter 3, uh, starting in verse 15, it says, um, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks, 
not of why you support that political position or not of why you think people aren't Christians who don't support that position, but an answer to everyone who asks to give the reason for the hope that you have. The hope that you have, but doing this with gentleness and respect. Gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that anyone who may speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. And so it's not just enough for us to be bold about our political positions or our uh, maybe even positions that are supported by our faith, but the thing that we must be bold about, about giving that reason to anyone who asks, is the hope that we have. And that hope is in Jesus Christ and the good news of the gospel. And if any other thing is elevated above that or equated with that, then I would say that we've made a mistake. We've made a great mistake. If we're going to be bold, it's that we're boldly sent (laughs) to seek and to love the lost. And we do that through being bold and having a reason for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. So you may have a really great reason why you believe in the Second Amendment. Or why you think that Trump should nominate someone and appoint someone to the Supreme Court before the election. You may have a strong opinion, well-reasoned, well-argued, but what you're saying is that what we should put above that to be really bold about is the hope that we have. Yep. So how do we do that? How do we do that? That's the question. (laughs) I would say it it starts starts with being – as in this verse, it says being prepared. So that means having it worked out, having it in your head, the ability to share the gospel with someone. Now, it doesn't mm-hmm. may not look like, as I was telling the students on Wednesday, it's, it's probably not going to be an environment where you have 30 minutes to outline a nicely detailed, theologically dense sermon, mm-hmm. presentation of the gospel. Yep. It's going to be in short snippets. It's going to be what Christ has done in your life, the impact that's made on your life how God has gotten you through difficult times. And maybe it's over conversations or a course of a relationship that you get the opportunity to share the good news with someone. But first, we before any of that happens, before that conversation comes up, before that opportunity comes up, we have to be bold in our preparation to make sure hmm. that we know the things that we believe and not just to know them, but to be able to talk about them with other people. Because it's one thing to know something. Like, I can't... I can, I, I guess in high school, I knew how to do calculus. Okay, I don't know if I knew even in Maybe high I did, I don't know. But either <laughs> way, like, I couldn't explain it to anybody. No way. Like, I think I had enough understanding to make it through, but, like, there wasn't any indication that I could explain it to someone. I don't even understand the math for why I passed calculus. <laughs> like, I don't understand the curve <laughs> mathematics that applied, but but somehow I got through it. Somehow. So. <laughs> But anyway, I think I think before before we're bold, we have to be bold in our preparation. Yep, I think that's so good. So to give an answer, a reason for the hope that you have mm-hmm. to everyone. So why are you hopeful in Christ? Why do you have hope that when you die, you will go to heaven? And if you're like, I don't know, hey, let's talk. Send yeah. us an email. We would love to talk with you. If you're not sure what's going to happen the moment that you die, like yeah. that's one of the most important questions. Absolutely. Where are you going when you're going to die? Yeah. And how sure are you? Yeah. We used to ask people that in college. Mm. And even people who had grown up in church were like, yeah, I'm going to heaven. How sure are you? Uh, 25%. 25%? Like, wow. Okay, let's talk about this. Right. But if you do are, are confident, um, then why are you confident? What's your confidence based in? Mm. Okay. So, you know, 
let's go to Jesus, one. And yeah. two, let's go to how you know it's Jesus, right? Is there a moment where God spoke to your heart? Is there a moment where it just was so clear to you? Mm-hmm. And, and think about that. You need your elevator pitch. Every Christian needs their elevator pitch. Mm. Yeah, to not really explain good. their business, you know, in two minutes in an elevator, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, but to explain their faith in two minutes. I think that's one of the most important things. If you're listening to me, this should be your one takeaway from here. Yeah, okay, good. Maybe even pause this episode right now and write out one paragraph, two paragraphs. What's the reason for the hope that you have? And can you say it again and again and again? Yeah. What's yours, Sawyer? What's mine? Yeah, what's the reason for your hope? I would say that... God has shown me time and time again that he is faithful to who he says he is, that he's shown me that he's someone that cares about me, that loves me, that has given even Jesus on a cross to forgive me, that I can't even fathom the level of forgiveness that I've experienced. And in my life, it's so evidently clear that we have a God who um, who not only cares about us, that's somewhere off in heaven, but is even working right now in my life. And is getting me through the daily situations of life. That's good. So you was very personal, and you directed people to Jesus. I think those are the two things. It was personal yeah. and Jesus. Like what I what I tell people when I have very limited time yeah. um, is, you know, when I was eighteen, I was thought I was a Christian, had gone to church, knew what God had said, but I still was not living. Uh, obediently to him. I was sinning. In fact, I found myself doing mm-hmm. something illegal. Some of you have heard my story before. Breaking into a warehouse, vandalizing it, and getting caught by the police. It was not the first thing that I had done illegally. It was the first time I'd get caught. Yeah. And I knew better, and I expected a divine spanking. And then I spent the cold night, freezing cold night, in a holding cell. They don't turn on the heat in, in jails <laughs> in Colorado, it turns out, in December. And I spent that cold night in a holding cell when I was 18. And I expected that divine spanking, but instead I experienced God's grace and forgiveness Mm -hmm. in a powerful, profound way. I knew that he had forgiven me in that moment, even Mm -hmm. though I was stupid, even though I knew better. And that transformed my life. You know, it says in scriptures in Titus 3, 5, he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. You know, boom. So. It, it didn't matter, you know. So that's what I share with people, and I can I can tell that in less than two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when I do that, it's it's my personal story, and it directs people to Jesus. Right. You know, the, I, I often refer to Titus three five. Yeah, that's good. In, in the way I tell my testimony, because people think it's the righteous things we did. Mm-hmm. So that very short, very brief thing is my reason for the hope that I have. I'm ready. I'm boldly ready mm-hmm. to share it. I share it with. Some of my na- uh, some of my neighbors this summer during COVID, mm-hmm. whenever everybody's freaking out, I was able to share it with a big group of them. Yeah. Um, and if you're listening, I hope that you will hear this and you'll believe with me <laughs> um, it, what Jesus has done. Yeah. Um, one of them was like, "Oh, that explains a lot about you." I'm like, "What does that mean?" So <laughs> I'm still, um, trying to figure that out. But the point is, you're right. We got to be bold with the right things. We got to be bold with the reason for the hope we have. Mm-hmm. So write out your elevator pitch. Share it with someone. Email us. We would love to hear your short two-minute elevator pitch about what the reason for your hope is. Send it to mwolf at – do we have our new email addresses set set up yet? They may not be quite set up by the time this posts. Okay. We'll we'll still have the old ones running for a while. So mwolf at stapletonchurch.com or strap at stapletonchurch.com. That's trap with two Ps. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully we'll have the new emails next week. Next week, yeah. Next week we'll have those up. But, yeah, we'd love to hear your story. Or if you just need help, like, Matt, I've never done that. I'm not bold that way. I can't do it. Well, hey, I'd love to practice with you. Yeah. I would love to hear it and and, and talk you through it so you can get more bold. You can practice on us. There you go. You know. 
So, question for you, Matt. Yeah. So, I, I think I think we're definitely on the right track. Yeah. We're prepared. We have this prepared. We're going out. We're sharing and people. We're being bold about it. But I think there's there's such a tendency in our world, and 100%, it's often justified, is that even though we're being bold about the right things, we have we have that prepared. We're, we're giving a reason for the hope that we have that even if those per, even if the other person is receiving those words, it often falls into the trap of saying, "Well, I, I think you believe that, but so many Christians act differently than that." Mm-hmm. Or Christianity in general, what what they say, what they claim to believe, doesn't really impact their actions. And they may even make it personal. Or yeah, they may say, "Hey, that might be what you claim to believe, but." I know you. But yeah, but do you really think you act like that? (laughs) Or I remember what you did. Mm, Yeah. What do you do in that situation? What do you do? I love that question because, Sawyer, I think that is actually, we're terrified of that question. That we get called the hate-filled hypocrites. The hypocrites. You're a hypocrite. But I think actually that can be a great next step. Mm. Um, So in Colossians 4, 5 and 6 is a really cool passage. And it says, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Yeah. Make the most of every opportunity. Mm-hmm. So you're having these conversations. You're with people. Make the most of it. Be bold. That's what Paul's saying. And then verse 6. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And I love it says it must be always full of grace. Yeah. So that's what we need to be bold about, grace. So it's not just bold about the reason for the hope we have, but about grace. And what is the grace of God? But that it's God loves us and has mercy for us even though we don't deserve it. So even though I was the 18-year-old stupid idiot who knew better, right, who knew better, right. who was disobeying God deliberately, walking in sin, and yet God saved me in that moment and had forgiveness for me in a holding cell. Mm-hmm. And he has forgiveness for you if you're in a holding cell listening to this right now. <laughs> or if you just got out, God has grace for you. He yeah. loves you. And that's the great thing. So when someone says you're a hypocrite, you can just say, yeah, man, I am. Mm. Like, you know some of my sins? I could tell you 10,000 more. I could tell you 10,000 more. You don't even know, you know, what yeah. I've done. Um, but the great thing is that God loves me anyways. Right. Think about how powerful that is because I think – Often in so many situations when, when Christians specifically are called hypocrites, the tendency is to immediately jump on the defensive and say, oh, no, 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 that's not me. That's not who I am. That's not, you know, represented. But think about, think about the conversation, the opportunity that would present to do what you just said, to say, yeah, I mess up all the time. I don't live up to the standards that I hold for myself, the standards that I believe. And yet, God loves me anyway. And in fact... God loves you too. Yeah, right there. Boom. And boom. I mean, that's the conversation. Yeah, that's that's season with salt right there. 100%. That's so good. And I often, what I do, and I notice this because I just had a conversation like this about two weeks ago. Yeah. Had a conversation, and what I do immediately is jump to justification. Like, what I think we all do. Yeah. And I don't mean justification as in justified by but, – but to justify just behavior, your actions, yeah, to yeah. my actions or the actions of another Christian or whatever. Right. Um, because we want to defend ourselves. Mm-hmm. My first response is defend myself. Yeah, I think most of ours are. And I was in yeah. a conversation. Uh, Melissa was there, and it was with someone we, we love, someone we care about mm-hmm. who isn't a follower of Jesus as far as we know. Sure. And talking about a Christian who was behaving badly. Right. <laughs> Christian who we knew and and this this woman said um, 
how can Christians act like that? That's not very Christian. That's right. what they'll say, right? right? How could someone like that? That's not very Christian. And I wanted to jump and not defend the person. I almost wanted to condemn the person. Like, yeah, that is unchristian. But Melissa jumped in, and I'm so glad she did. She jumped in and said, yeah, you know what? That's why we need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because we're all like that. She said, you, you've heard of that one story about that one Christian behaving badly? I can tell you more. That, like, right. that's what you're saying. She's like, <laughs> you don't even know. Like, Christians do behave badly. They don't act like Christians. And that's why we know we need it even more. We're the people who have admitted we have a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, Just like the alcoholics at Alcoholics Anonymous, they might be 40 years sober and they say, I'm an alcoholic. Right. Right? Every meeting. I'm an alcoholic because you're a recovery group. Christianity, the church, is a recovery group for sinners. And we say first and foremost, I am the chief of sinners, as Paul said, right? (laughs) Right, I am the chief, the foremost of sinners, and I need the grace of God. And I love how she did that because she immediately was able to turn it and share the grace of God. So it was seasoned with salt. Mm -hmm. She was bold with the grace of God. And that's what we want to be bold about. That's what we want to be bold about. We want to be bold about the right things. So you can have a strong political opinion. I'm glad. I have some strong political opinions, mm-hmm. So societal opinions on different things. Good. Keep those. And there might be the right opportunity, especially when you have a good relationship with someone who's already you know, maybe a believer. Or you're like, this is, we're just going to debate this, and we can debate it as friends. Right. Some yeah. relationships, you can do that. But when we're with the outsiders, when we're with the people we know that don't know Jesus, who are, who far, who are far from Jesus, mm-hmm. let's be bold with the right things. Right now, might not be politics. <laughs> might not be masks. Yeah. But we can be bold about the reason for the hope we have, and we can be bold about the grace of God. And that's how we can have bold outreach. Amen. All right. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode. We would love to hear from you. Or if there's a question you want us to cover on a future episode, please send that to us. Mwolf at stapletonchurch.com or strap at stapletonchurch.com. Um, if you like this podcast, um, like it, share it. If you know somebody who's the Christian who's talking too much about politics, send it to them. <laughs> you send it to them. like, you need to listen to this. <laughs> do it in love, do it with gentleness and respect as well. Yeah. Um, or if it was like, ooh, that's me, yeah. do it, share it too and say, hey, this was me. Maybe yeah. that's a good way there to do go. it. Say, go. I'm the hypocrite and I'm sharing this right now, but God, it's great for me. Um, but yeah, we would love for you to share this and yeah, we will talk with you next week. See you next week. Hey, this is Matt Wolf again. If you have benefited at all from our ministry today, I want to encourage you to do three things. First, subscribe. Subscribe on whatever device you're using so that you can make sure that you get our messages and services every single week. The second thing I want to do is I want to get to know you. There's some people that have been joining us online this summer in the pandemic, and I still haven't had a chance to get to know you. And I care about you. I love you. I want to be your pastor. So if you could, fill out the form at stapletonchurch.com new, and I want to reach out to you personally to get to know you. Please do that. And the third thing is to give. If you have benefited from our ministry, if we've helped you take a step in your journey to follow after Jesus, please go to stapletonchurch.com give and set up a recurring gift to our church so that it would not only support our ministry, but our ministry around the world so that you would be helped to follow Jesus and other people would be helped to follow Jesus so we can multiply our effectiveness in this world. Please go to stapletonchurch.com give and I will see you next week.